0: i'm molly and i'm robin and this is home is where the murder is yes it is hey there how's it going moll you know what every time you ask me and every time about the same (laughs) so the kids huh those kids no they've been great actually we've been doing a lot of sports it's that time of year it is yeah and her kids are in every sport well in all of them the little one hasn't wanted to have any involvement in sports, and all of a sudden he wants to be involved in all of them. So, so that's fun. So now our schedules are like tripling up. Um, but it's great. It's great. Good. Yeah. That's fine. I yeah. mean, I'm already working four or five jobs. It's okay. Um, and then we do this. And this. No, I'm not working four or five jobs. It's like a couple. Um, <laughs> that's What an exaggeration right there. Yeah. Um, but no, things are going good. Good. Yep. I'm, you know, it's getting nicer outside, which, you know, already like just like lifts your mood a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know already, we live in Wisconsin. Yes. Oh yeah. We only get three months of nice weather and I'm not Uh, exaggerating. We get three months. You know what though? Okay. So I don't like it when it's really, really hot and humid though. And I do. It doesn't make me happy. I don't like to be too hot. If you've ever... If you ever come to my house, you'll know that. I do not, um, like... It's freezing here. Her I husband like keep- and I <laughs> are... I think if if it's not her husband, it's me. Someone is bitching at her because of how cold we are. If you come here, you know that it's going to be cool in the house. But the thing also, though, I don't like to turn the air on either. So it's kind of weird in the summertime. Like, I like resist turning the air on as much as possible because it's just... It's very strange. So... I love like the beginning of summer, like the end of spring, beginning of summer when it still gets like really like crisp and cool at night. And then my favorite time of year, I'm not done, Robin. I'm not done. She was going to talk. No, because you've already done this. This was on two episodes ago. It's really important for everyone to know. So if you listen to the other episodes, you know that where Molly's going with this because last time we recorded, she got in, it closed her eyes and went somewhere and described her perfect Day and night. But please, Molly, do it again for the rest of the I'll world. I'll close my eyes again, even. So my favorite time of year is like end of summer, beginning of fall, where it's like it gets really like nice and warm during the day still. But then it gets really crisp and cool at night. This is like an ad for Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for that sponsorship, please. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can do pre uh, new you know recordings. What, though? Without... I do love a good pool day. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? But I don't want that humidity if I don't have a pool. Okay. Okay, next, have- <laughs> what do you got for me? I got nothing. I Our podcast has been doing really well. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. It's probably because of Molly's love for weather that you guys tune in. But All about weather and murder here. Yeah, so we're averaging about 180 downloads a week, which is really cool because original, uh, about a month ago it was 100, and now we're up to 180. Yay. We now have about 63 real estate agents. I think it's it's the weather update. That's what it is. Um, So 63 agents that are in our database. And we just started sending out cases to our fellow agents that are going to help us find property information on um, homes that saw murders. So it's really coming together and it's kind of awesome. And uh, yeah, we're just really enjoying it. So thank you for your support because we wouldn't be still doing this if you guys weren't listening. Well, we would be maybe, but what would be the point? honestly. What would be the point of it all? Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out to um, some of my pageant girls are competing for Miss Wisconsin. And I think by the time this airs, they will be a week away from that or it'll be the week of. So I just want to wish them all good luck because I know they listen. Um, yes. Good luck, girls. Our Mrs. Lake Country, she Andrea Weissman, she says she listens to our podcast when she works out. So, that's pretty cool, and I appreciate that. Get it, girl. Get but, it. uh, Get yeah, it, girl. Get it. Yeah. So we're also <laughs> recording during the day, which we never do, which no. is why there is all this energy. So fingers crossed I don't have awful vocal fry because the other, my last episode, it was like midnight, and we had just been at Nashville night, and I'd been like scream talking at people. So it was not a good combo. She's a mess, but I love her. So. Currently? Thank you. No, I think you're doing really good today. Hey, also, just like when this airs, this won't make sense, but tomorrow is Robin's birthday. Oh, jeez. No. Because we're recording and it's May 10th right now. Yeah, No, it's also my son's birthday tomorrow. But t- but first, Robin had to be born in order for him to be born. <laughs> Let's just point out. All right. Out. So... And yes. she's gonna be thirty Seven. seven. Mm-hmm. The big thirty seven. But you know what's fun that is milestone. That my best friend here, Molly, got me the coolest birthday present. You guys, she got me a bag full of stuff that I love. So there was like a cup in there for, like, <laughs> water and juice and stuff because I... It's a, the simply modern kind mm-hmm. where the straw goes in that it doesn't come out. Yep. Like, it doesn't fall out. Yeah. And then she got you me know, you know. Um, a, a college-ruled notebook for my murders because she knows I love the college-ruled notebooks. Yep. And she got me pens. She got me colored pens, gel pens, like, all the things that I love. And then um some tea because we always drink our tea. Mm-hmm. And she got, like, a strawberry vanilla, which I cannot wait to dig into tonight, so... Yep. yep. And there's... Two more things that I did not have time to um, finish up because I have, remember, I have 20 jobs and two kids, and there's 10 sports going on right now. Um, but the next time I see and they'll be finished, so she'll have more birthday surprises. Well, lucky me. Thank oh, and you. she had a cherry cobbler. Oh, yeah, and she made me a cherry cobbler because it's my favorite. Yep. So um, I'm not to brag or anything, but my bestie is the best. Aww. So sucks for all of you that don't have. And just a reminder that. to her, she's older than me. Oh, Jesus. Yes. But thank you. <laughs> I still have my youth. Yeah. So. I'm going to be 36 tomorrow. She'll be 37. You're such an <laughs> asshole. It's just facts, though. My bestie's an asshole. But the best. Yeah. The best asshole. <laughs> anyway. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough Shall of we? that. Let's get into this murder that you're doing. All right. So I have a really... I have a fun kind of, kind of a light case because... Some cases aren't so light, right? I mean, this does still have a murder. Dare I say it's a light murder? Sure. Sure. There's just one person that gets killed. Just the one. Just a one. Um, but it's just a very interesting case. Um, it's from the murder takes place in the 20s, the Ooh. 1920s, not the 2020s. I guess we have to clarify. <laughs> oh, my God, we I mean, do. Well, I mean, I guess there's like like 1820s and all of that kind of stuff, too. But so like the 1920s. Um, and we do, it has, does have roots in Wisconsin cause I love a Wisconsin case, right. right? Let's do but it. But the murder takes place in LA. So Ooh. this is the story of Fred and Dolly Osterreich. I love that name, Dolly. Dolly. So, um, this case has been covered a good amount. So there's a lot of different, um, podcast some different shows out there about this case so there is a good amount of coverage out there there's a lot of conflicting information too i was listening to a couple different podcasts i'm like as i'm listening i'm like "Mm, that's not what i heard before so um just kind of take I mean not take like what i'm saying with a grain of salt but just know that there is some conflicting information out there yeah which is Um, often which is often with cases right especially yes especially with old cases because you know what not a lot of great record keeping in like the early 1900s and it's like the telephone game where something gets told over and over again so many times eventually the story changes yep Mm -hmm. so just keep that in mind so what i'm saying is what i found in most cases from what i heard um so It's to the best of my knowledge and what I have found. So Let's do it. All right. So let's travel back to the 1920s. First up, the murder. On August 22nd, 1922, Dolly and Fred returned home from a night on the town with friends in Los Angeles around 11 p.m. When they got home, Dolly went to the coat closet to put her fur coat away on the second floor where she kept all her furs locked up to keep them safe. Oh, yeah, me too. She had a very extensive fur coat collection which as you did in the 1920s that was like a a very big status symbol right having this big fur collection but she was then pushed into the closet from behind and then heard the door lock oh dear can you imagine like you're getting back you've been out you've probably had a couple cocktails Mm -hmm. right you had a bunch of fun and then you're just shoved into the closet and it's locked yeah i don't like that yeah At first, um, she thought maybe it was just, like, Fred, her husband, like, messing around with her. You know, they'd been out drinking, right? But then all of a sudden, she heard what sounded like a couple of men struggling outside of the closet, and then she heard three gunshots (gasps) followed by silence. Nope. Thankfully, a neighbor heard the gunshots and called the LAPD to go check on the house, which was located at 858 North Andrews Boulevard, where Fred and Dolly lived. When the police arrived, the house was completely dark. They heard Dolly screaming from the second floor for Fred and found her in the closet. Right outside the closet door was a small table with a key on it. The police used the key to open the closet door and Dolly started to tell them what had happened. That she was shoved into the closet and at first she thought it was her husband, but after hearing, you know, the commotion outside and the gunshot, she knew it wasn't him who had done it. Unfortunately, the police did find Fred lying dead in the living room. Fred had been shot twice in the chest and once in the head. The house, particularly the living room, was in shambles. You could tell that the men had been fighting because the furniture was tipped over, belongings were all over the room, and investigators thought it was probably some sort of a home invasion. Fred owned and ran two successful textile factories, one in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was their first one, and now one in L.A. And both of the factories were doing very, very well. They were very wealthy. Which was well known, and they actually had had two previous break-in attempts in recent months. Oh, I would have gotten an EDT system if I were them. Yep, they had; those were um, really popular in the 1920s. Yeah, yep. That was sarcasm. Yeah, that was sarcasm. <laughs> Fred also thought he was hearing weird noises in the house at night, that and that things were going missing, including cigars and things, just kind of moving around. So, kind of strange things were happening in their home. Yeah. So once the police heard the story from Dolly, they realized that his pocket, Fred's pocket watch had also been stolen. This pocket watch was unique. It was in a hexagon in shape and lined with diamonds. It was a gift from Dolly to Fred. But this seemed like it was the only thing missing, which was very peculiar because Fred's wallet, which was full of cash, was also in the same pocket as his watch that was stolen. Interesting. So, If this was a home invasion, why would there still be cash there? Why would his wallet be there? Why would the robbers have grabbed that, too, since it was so accessible and right there? Yeah. So investigators thought, though, you know, maybe after they killed Fred, they just grabbed the first thing of value that they saw and ran out. You know, maybe they weren't expecting them to be home. You know, know, you never know, right? Yep. But neighbors told the police that they had seen what appeared to be a man in the shadows outside at the rear of the house. Cora Norton, the next-door neighbor, testified that the murderers were in the house for 15 minutes. Her niece, Flora Rawson was staying with her at the time and also confirmed this. Wait a second. Flora Rawson? Like roar? Roar. Rawson. Rawson. Well, is it raw or is it roar, Molly? Rawson. Okay. It's Rawson. I think. Rawson. Well, how's it spelled? R-A-W-S-O-N. Yeah, that's Rawson. 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 There's a a Rawson Avenue in Milwaukee. Is there? Well, they're in L.A. Okay. I don't know what they do in L.A. But, okay, so Flora Rawson. Um, Cora also testified that the scream she heard could not have come from the closet. They were too distinct for that. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. The lights also, also went out in the house around 20 minutes after they saw that person really strangeness Hmm. why would the person hang around after shooting fred Hmm. it would take 10 years to find out the reason and who this person was and why wouldn't they just shoot dolly Mm -hmm. why did they you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. have my suspicions questions and suspicions it's a little sus oh there it is sus it's a little sus we should get shirts to say sus very sus make us cool so who were fred and dolly and how did we get to murder oh god i love the way you set this up <laughs> so <laughs> sorry walburga dolly wait her first name is walburga 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 w-a-l-b-u-r-g-a Like, almost like Wahlburgers, but Wahlburgers. Yes, that's what I think of every single time. I wish I knew about that name earlier, and I would have named my cat that. Wahlberga. Damn it. Yep. Wahlberga Dolly Korshell was born in 1880 to German immigrant parents. It's hard to find where she was born in Germany or shortly after her parents arrived in America. She grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in an area with other German immigrants. Well, I can tell you how it led to murder them because everything in Milwaukee leads to murder. It all ends in murder. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Case solved. I bet you our listeners are like, this bitch hates Milwaukee. She really, why is she love Milwaukee? She really <laughs> doesn't like <laughs> <love> it. <laughs> When Dolly turned 12, as you do when you turn 12, she began working in a textile factory. Naturally. Well, I mean, it was um, the it was well. She would have been it would have been 1892. So. I was a babysitter when I was 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, you so. start working when you're 12. So, but back then, I mean, you start working to help support your family yeah, back I then. Know. So she started working at a textile factory that was owned that was owned by Fred William um, Osterreich. Um, and this Fred guy was also a German immigrant who had became a very successful um, man and often hired other German Im- immigrants as his employees. Which Wait a second. So she was 12. When she started working in his factory. And she started working in Fred's factory, which means he was an adult. He was a young adult, but yes. Yes. I don't care. I don't look at twelve-year-olds like, "Hey, baby." Right, 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 right. I know, I know. But he was young and like to be owning and doing this factory thing. But yes. Oh, I know. Listen, 1892 was a very different time. You were getting married when you were like 16 back then. Oh my then. god, can you even imagine? But you were. I mean, I know. Oh, I know. But oof. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Um, Fred was, by all accounts, an attractive man for those days. And he was successful um, and had money, which made him more attractive. Which I was to say, like, good for her being 12 years old and being like, yeah, I'm going to mount that. Well, basically. But he was also known to be um, quite abrasive. He wasn't very well liked necessarily. But Fred did eventually notice Dolly. She was working there for a bit. It wasn't like when she was 12 he noticed her. She was working there for a bit, um, and then they noticed each other, and then they began dating. And eventually the two married when she was in her early 20s. Okay, fine okay okay (laughs) all right okay you can continue okay thank you um dolly was known in the factory to be a very pleasant woman and she often was kind of the intermediate and helped to smooth things out between fred and the other workers so like he would be kind of a dick to the people and then she'd be like hey listen yeah he's kind of an asshole You're fine though. You mean, like she'd be kind like, of. It's like our relationship. <laughs> I'm I'm a jerk, and then you smooth it over. I mean, no, but no. Sure. Yes, it is. So yeah, she was kind of like the middleman between the workers and Fred, just to kind of ease tensions and kind of be there to help smooth things out. So okay. people liked her. She was known as like like a happy, nice woman. Okay. And I mean, it's interesting because people are like, she was very pretty. I look at pictures and like. So that was that was early nineteen hundreds pretty. Okay. okay Sounds now, great. Now I need to know yeah. what she looked like. <laughs> she. I mean, listen, the fo- the photos back then just probably didn't do people justice either, right? So whatever. Um in nineteen ten, Dolly gave birth to her and Fred's son, Raymond. Oh no. Did you find her? Oh no. I showed you this a picture you of You did. Her. Yeah. Um but anyways, I digress. Um, so they gave birth to a son. Unfortunately, Raymond did pass away in the summer of 1910. So it was, it's not clear exactly how old he was, but obviously he was very young. So he died young. So they did lose a son, which was very sad and very hard on their relationship, as it would be on any marriage. So this caused Fred to start drinking more and more. And um, he put more time and energy into work than at home. So he also became even more difficult to work with as well, which meant Dolly had to even help, like, soothe out more tensions at the factories. Um, And Dolly was feeling more and more neglected as well at home since Fred was at work more and he was drinking more. So um, she started having affairs. Oh, what a hussy. Yeah, well, she she liked a good time. Um, The L.A. Times said of this, her eyes and her appetites would bring a long line of men into her life. So, I'm gonna just say this: It looks like she has enormous boobs that are down to that her are belly down button. to her belly button. Yes, and so it's weird because it doesn't necessarily look like it goes with her body type, but they're there. And maybe that's what was in then. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's just weird looking because it's like she doesn't look like a big woman. No. But she's got these huge I, knockers. The thing that are... is, I think that she probably had a good personality. She was very kind and probably pleasant enough to look at. Well, what I don't get though is like you and have all she that was money. Wealthy. Yeah, but you have all that money. Can't she get like some sort of bustier to like? Yeah, who knows? Pull up your titties. I don't know. Um. Anyway. So since Fred was so focused on work and pouring what he had into that, and the company was doing great, and they were more successful than ever. Um, he just wasn't aware of what Dolly was doing when he wasn't around. So she just had a lot of affairs. Wow. Um, one day in 1913, Dolly's sewing machine stopped working at home. Oh no. She called, I know, don't you hate that? <laughs> it's the worst. Ugh. So she called Fred at work, you know, they had a factory, a textile factory. She's like, Hey Fred, um, can you send one of your employees, you know, from the work? Can you come have someone come fix this? So, 17-year-old Otto Sondhaber showed up. Otto came to repair the sewing machine, but that wasn't all he was going to get his hands on that day, if you know what I mean. Oh, come on. Bada-bing, bada-boom. So, when Dolly opened the door she was only wearing a robe and stockings and had doused herself in perfume so she knew he was coming Or was oh she just... yeah she knew who was coming to repair her sewing machine <laughs> she knew it oh yeah one thing led to another and they eventually did start an affair to keep this affair secret they would meet at hotels but eventually they started meeting at each other at their at fred and dolly's house you know, neighbors be nosy. Um, they're so, all over there thinking, they're like, gosh, her sewing machine should just have replaced sewing replace machine, dang it. <laughs> but um, especially back then, since they had nothing else to do, these neighbors were really like, man, what's oh, yeah. happening? So Dolly told everyone that Otto was her vagabond half-brother. So um, we know that this was for sure one affair that Dolly was having, and there was many more. But this was one that was definitely confirmed. Okay. So um, in 1918, eight years after their son had passed away, Fred wanted to move to LA to open a plant, a new textile factory out there because of the success they were having in Milwaukee. Okay. She agreed to move, but under one condition that the new home there also had a attic so that she could store her furs there because that's where she was storing her furs um, in their home in Milwaukee. She locked them away there because she was very protective of her furs. Fred was like, oh, "Okay, weird request, but yep, we will do that. That's not a, you know, fine, Dolly." Mm-hmm. So they bought their Silver Lake neighborhood home, which had actually once belonged to a movie star, because L.A., right? And headed out west. All right, I'm surprised it they took go. Them, it, I'm surprised it took them that long to actually move out of Milwaukee. Yeah. because if you got money, that's not someplace you stay. It's cold. Well, well, that too. But I think I, I'm sure that Milwaukee, like back then, was like probably a pretty like successful like boom oh yeah yeah. i mean based off of the photos and stuff and research i've done on the city back in the day it wasn't such a hellhole right oh you love milwaukee so stupid (laughs) now back to when the murder occurred (laughs) sorry so more murder here we go not more murder but back to the murder the police in summer of, the, of 1922 were baffled on what could have actually happened. They knew that Fred was shot with a 25 caliber pistol. There was a bullet in the ceiling above Fred's body. Four shell casings were around the body and a set of unidentified fingerprints were on the closet doorknob. A few days after the murder, a friend who was staying with Dolly answered a call from someone asking if there would be a reward for information about the Slayers and then hung up. Hmm. Police felt that whoever called somehow would be involved in the murder, but we never find out who called. Well, how about that? It's Later that same day, though. collar ID Probably should have been tracing those calls, huh? <laughs> Later that same day, though, police were interviewing Harry Voss, the former plant manager in Milwaukee. He traveled to L.A. once he heard of Fred's death to help Dolly sort out all of the paper affair, you know, all of the paperwork and all of the stuff that would... Come with yeah. after your spouse passes away. Yep. Harriet said that Fred would lose his temper very easily. He drank a lot and had an off-putting disposition and didn't think that many people even really liked Fred. Aww. Poor Fred. Poor Fred. Um, he had a list of people who didn't like Fred very much. <laughs> You have a list? He's like, here, I've been keeping a list. I mean, I shouldn't talk. I have a list of realtors I don't like. (laughs) You have have a list of people, including Edward Flude. Edward was also a German immigrant and a former convict who worked in the Milwaukee plant a little while after, or a little while before the L.A. plant was open. Edward had even lived with Fred and Dolly for a while in Milwaukee. Then Fred fired him. After he was fired, he just wasn't too happy with Fred and made some bad choices and ended up back in prison. (laughs) While there, he wrote a letter saying that he would kill Fred even if it took him 100 years. Oh, that's nice. Yikes, yeah. He was out of prison before Fred was killed and thought to be out west, even. But the cops were never able to find him. And guess what? He's not the murderer anyway, so don't worry about him. They never found him, huh? Never found him. No idea where he went. Bye, Ed. See you later. All right. Yep um police had those two leads quote quote air quotes that went nowhere the caller and edward so they sat down with dolly again to go through the night they you know they had nothing they're like okay let's talk to dolly again let's go through this right Mm -hmm. they asked about lights that would have been on since neighbors had reports of seeing the lights go off about 20 minutes after the murder She said they left a light burning in the upstairs bedroom and one on the porch. She left the upstairs one on because of the previous break-in attempts to make it seem like they were home. Other than that detail, nothing had changed from her original retelling of events that night. So, okay, there's that. That day, Dolly and some of her friends went to the funeral home to identify Fred's body. This usually happens on the day that someone gave their testimony on the inquest on someone's death or murder, but her doctor advised not to make Dolly go through all that on the same day. It would be too much for her. So when she arrived to identify Fred's body, she said quietly that it was him, and then she immediately collapsed onto the floor. Hmm. Fred's funeral was held August 28, 1922, and he was later buried in L.A. By the winter of 1923, the police still had no idea... Who could have murdered Fred? Was it a home invasion gone wrong by one or two people who panicked when Fred and Dolly returned home? Lead Detective Klein wasn't convinced this was the case. There were too many strange details, including not taking the money, and why didn't they stick around 20 minutes after the murder? Klein felt like Dolly knew more than she was letting on to. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what, but he had a gut feeling. You got to trust those guts, people. Word. They even looked in the closet that Dolly had been locked locked in for a trap door or maybe some sort of removable panel to see if there had been any way for her to get out, but they found nothing. Hmm. In Klein's initial interview with Dolly, one thing she told him that she and Fred had never had a single fight between them. And Klein was like, "Mm, I don't know about that, though. Um, That's not possible. And he knew that. So in the spring of 1924, he went back to interview the neighbors again. They did say that Fred worked a lot, which he already knew. We all knew that. So he didn't have, um, that Fred hadn't had an affair to their knowledge just because he'd been working so much. He was always at the plant. And they'd never seen Dolly with another man either. And that they had actually never heard any yelling from the house except for that night because of the murder. So... It kind of checked out that they didn't ever really fight, so okay. kind of weird. Then one day, when Klein was walking through the courthouse, he noticed something that would blow open the entire case. Okay. Here it is. Dolly's lawyer happened to be there that day, too. Oh. Herman Shapiro. What a great name. Shapiro. Mark Shapiro. Wasn't he the owner of the Nitty Gritty? If or no, name- not Mark. Mark. Uh <sighs> I don't know, but I think if your last name's Shapiro, you have to be a lawyer. That's a lawyer name. Was it Marv? Merv? I don't know. Shapiro is a lawyer name. They said Mm. they they had their greetings. Hello. Hey. Hey, Klein here. Hey, Shapiro. Cordial to one another, but Klein noticed something. Something shiny. Oh. Any guess what that might be? No. He was holding a pocket watch. Oh. The same exact looking pocket watch that was missing from Fred and Dolly's house. Oh, shit the one that Dolly had given to Fred as a gift, and the only thing that was missing from the crime scene. Oh, my goodness. Climed and asked if Shapiro would come down to the station, and he was like, sure, yeah, no problem. So once they got there, they start talking. Shapiro drops a big old bomb. He is also Dolly's lover. Well. And admits that he has been uh, living with Dolly in the house since Fred was killed. Oh, my goodness. And that she had given him that pocket watch for his birthday. Does Dolly have a box of these? Like right. these like weird hexagon diamond encrusted pocket watches? This is interesting. Yeah. Um, he didn't even he said he didn't even realize it belonged to Fred at one point. It's a good lawyer right there, right? Uh-huh. Um, this somehow leaks to the press and two witnesses come forward after they hear about the whole Herman being Dolly's lover or oh, Yeah, people ain't gonna like that. People don't like that. So then Dolly was brought in again. She claimed to say that she found the watch cleaning and just had forgotten to tell him, and she thought oh. that she'd give it to Shapiro for his birthday. He questioned why she didn't tell him. She told him that she didn't think it was that important. She didn't want to complicate things in the investigation. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right, Dolly. Sure, sure. sure, Dolly. Sure. Klein was forming a new idea of what might have happened. Oh, I like this. Yep. Fred and Dolly were worth a lot of money, remember. And with Fred out of the picture, Dolly would inherit millions of dollars. Okay. But he knew she couldn't have done it alone. She was locked in the closet after all the lights went off. Twenty minutes after the yelling and murder had happened, was a lawyer in on it? But he didn't know Dolly before Fred was killed. So nope, it wasn't so him. So okay, so they, he she, he was killed. She gets an attorney, and then fall they fall in love. Yep. I people love Dolly. She just has men falling for her left I and right. I want to be Dolly. She she just has. She's just like one of these women that like men cannot resist her. I want to be that. I know. But like not for men, for real estate. Like right. people like take sure. a sniff of me and they're like, oh, I need her to sell my house. Oh my God, I need to buy a house. Yeah. Right. Now. Yeah. right. yeah. So, so yeah, right. So, so Shapiro had nothing to do with okay. the murder. All right. Okay. He's clean. All right. That. I can okay. rule him out. Okay. So, um, but remember, could it have been another lover? Yes. Yeah. Yep, and she, she was actually dating someone else at the same time as poor Shapiro, her lawyer. Oh, my God. he was. She was dating someone else before she even met him. Oh, what a And whore. his name was Roy Klum. 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 That is a great name. K-L-U-M-B. She went from Klum to Shapiro. <laughs> yep. And guess what? Roy was not too happy to hear about Dolly's other lover. Oh, shit. So he had some things to come down to the station to tell Klein. Oh, boy. Here yep. we go. Roy confessed declined that Dolly had actually given him a pistol to take to dispose of after the murder at the La Berra Tar Pits. La Berra, yeah, Tar Pits. Her neighbor, um, J.E. Far- Farber, 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 yep, J.E. Farber, also admits that Dolly gave him a 25 caliber pistol to dispose of too because it too closely resembled the gun that killed her husband, and she did not want to get in trouble. So two, she had two guys dispose of, Two guns for her. God, she this is This Dolly, good. this Dolly has something. You know what my dad would say? My dad would say, what, she got cocaine-covered tits or something? The, I mean, <laughs> she might. So, um, her neighbor buried it under a rose bush in his garden. Once the police heard of both of these pistols, they went and recovered both. They had decayed quite a bit, and yet they both were found to be of the same caliber of the guns that killed Fred. Dolly was then arrested under suspicion of murder. Oh, see that's what happens. You gotta be careful. You can't let the yeah. men find out about one another. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm juggling so Just, many side you know pieces what? right now. <laughs> that's that's the big problem you got right there. When she was in jail, Dahlia asked Shapiro to go and check on her vagabond half brother. Um and make sure that he was doing okay because he was actually living in um her house. Wait, who was living in her house? Shapiro? Nope. Who which okay I got Yep, nope, this is something different now. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shapiro's like, um, excuse me, what now? Yeah, so once inside, he knocked on the trap door leading to the attic, and there appeared Otto. Milwaukee Otto? Milwaukee Otto. Do you remember Otto from back in Milwaukee, that 17-year-old kid that had came to fix her sewing machine that she had an affair with? <laughs> she, she just packed him up and brought him yeah oh yeah yep he had moved to LA with Dolly and Fred Fred had no idea of this this is phenomenal and had been living in their attics yes attics he lived in their attic in Milwaukee as well stop for 10 years total oh my god yeah Let that sink in. Otto lived in the attic of two homes as the lover of Dolly's, while she also had at least two other lovers at some point, at the same time as being the wife of Fred, all while Fred was not knowing that Otto was living above him the entire time. I'm speechless. Do you realize that if we would have used Dolly for government negotiations, we'd probably own every country right now? So Shapiro shows up with a bag of groceries, knocks on this trap door. <laughs> Otto, this thin, pale, weak little man, comes down. Otto was just so happy to see another human and converse with someone. And he had, ended up just like spilling his entire story about Dolly to Shapiro. And oh my God. Everything that had happened. This is phenomenal. Yeah. This is my... See, this is where I went wrong in life. I don't have a usable attic to stick a man up there. So you remember how Fred thought that he had been hearing things and things had been disappearing? They had been. That's so funny. Yeah. But also creepy as fuck. Yes. So what, what happened to Fred? That night in August when Fred was murdered, he had been fighting with Dolly. Oh. So as the fight grew louder... Otto hurried down from the attic to protect her. He thought that his love, Dolly, the woman that he loved, was in trouble and that Fred was gonna hurt her. So he ran down from the attic to protect her carrying two 25 caliber guns oh. and then well, Fred ru- and he <laughs> seriously he's <laughs> like, well this guy like can you just imagine like the mental like like, like out of nowhere here comes some uh, random guy with I know he yeah and then all of a sudden he gets down there. And then when Fred recognized Otto, he flew into a rage. He's like, what the heck? Is, what is happening? <laughs> right? They were struggling and fighting. And, like, Fred's, like, a big guy. So imagine this weak little pasty man <laughs> showing up from the attic. Because he's, like, he hasn't been outside. Think no. about how translucent this guy must be. i am dying. <laughs> but really, right? You're so they're right. struggling. And then the guns went off and Fred was shot which is why they have, like, bullets in the ceiling because they're, ah. like, fighting, right? Thinking fast, Otto comes up with a plan. He tells Dolly to get in the closet, puts her in there, locks her in there, and then he hurries back up upstairs into his highway. <laughs> I almost just spit out my coffee. I, <laughs> I, mean, I can just see him skedaddling out of there. Just, like, skedaddles. Like, like the hunchback of Notre Dame? Seriously. <laughs> and then before the police arrived... And because he knew, they knew that someone would be calling the cops because gunshots, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so Dolly knew it did it. Like she was there. They have this plan. And then she told the police that a burglar had shot her husband oh. and taken his expensive watch and locked her up in Flood. So she lied. Yeah. So. We're going to rewind a bit. So, <laughs> back when their affair began in Milwaukee, neighbors had begun to gossip about Otto visiting Dolly all the time. Okay. The gossip soon reached Fred, who then hired a private detective to follow both of them. Dolly didn't want to give up Otto, but she didn't want to divorce Fred either and give up all that money, because, duh. Yeah. She told Fred she would stop seeing Otto, and then Otto seemed to just disappear. Dolly had actually asked Otto to quit his job, so he did. He. It was actually an okay setup for him, because Dolly – um would be home most of the days and when she wasn't um otto would actually work on his novels because he was a writer oh so he was living up in the attic he's got a good storyline He has. i mean can you imagine (laughs) um and then he would also help with chores around the house as well (laughs) so yeah dolly would start call would start calling in sick more and more days at the factory though um, but, uh, her cure, I wrote, her cure was Otto, so she was okay. Ew. Ew. <laughs> well, yeah, <yuck>, Molly. <laughs> um, but then, um, when they moved to L.A., she sent Otto there before they arrived, and he built himself a secret compartment and way into the attic in their new home. Fred never knew. She kept Otto as her sex slave, basically, for 10 years in total. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um... I don't know if I wrote about it. So then you know it's not funny, but funny. So like he's probably even when the like altercation happened. They pro- he probably still had no idea that this guy fucking was living in his attic. He's just like, where the fuck did you come from? He probably neck? didn't. So then he's killed. And then I just have this, like, vision of him going up to heaven. But all of a sudden, he like, it's all coming clear. And he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what? Like, he gets up there and the receptionist at the pearly gates is like, um, yes. Yeah, so you had somebody living in your attic for 10 years. He was fucking your wife. <laughs> for 10 years. Do you want to come back as a giraffe or a lizard? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there like, huh? He's like, wait, wait, can you back up? What was that, though? <laughs> I missed the first yeah. sentence. Yeah. What was that? So that's how... Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awful, but great. Yeah. So... Did I, did I am right? digging this story. Yeah. Oh, I know. This story <laughs> is great. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So the whole time Shapiro's like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you even imagine that guy's face when he finds out all this is happening? I would happening? love to be just like been sitting back well, listening to this combo. So then Shapiro moves in with her, right? He moved in with her, right? Yeah. He didn't know she was there either. <laughs> this Otto must have been like a quiet little mouse up there. And then, like, can you just imagine, like, this gets brushed under the rug and years go by. And then all of a sudden she's married to this guy. They get an altercation. Otto comes back down again. He's like, well, what the hell's going on here? Well, here we go again. <laughs> just, what right? the- I know. What right. the fuck? This is so great. I know. So Shapiro, who was in love with Dolly himself, because this Dolly must have a golden pussy. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously, this like This is the best episode ever. This Dolly cocaine covered tits and a golden pussy. <laughs> I mean <laughs> she was she was something special for these men were like yeah i'll bury a gun for you anything like i will yeah. do it yeah i'll live in your attic for 10 years that sounds wonderful oh my gosh this is so great so shapiro who was in love with dolly himself was like mm-hmm, that sounds great i don't want you to sleep sounds good so according to um fallen angels by marvin j wolf and katherine Mater, shapiro took um auto to san francisco and found him a job as a janitor from there he went to vancouver canada where he worked as a porter then he married a canadian woman eventually he returned to la with his wife he found another hotel porter's job which is kind of like a janitor where he worked nights he made no contact with dolly ever along the way so he was just like yeah. Done with Dolly. Good for him for being able to uh, kick which the is, habit. Which is honestly, like, really surprising because he was, like, like addicted. Like, yeah. it, it's strange. Yeah. So, somewhere along the way, he did change his name to Walter Klein, which is interesting because there's another Klein. The, the detective is Klein, which is, is, I thought was interesting. Probably probably where he got it from. I know. He's like, I don't know any other well, names. Well, and I like Walter. I've been, in a, I've been in an attic for 10 years. I know no names. <laughs> like, I need, can you give me one? I just wish that the, we could have met this man. I'd be like, explain yourself. Yeah. And it was under that name that he married his wife. Oh, um, good for him for turning things around. Yeah. So, oh, can you imagine the Oh, they're, oh, lived in an attic for 10 years. I'm not done. You, oh, I'm not done. Oh, oh okay. Turning it around. I'm not done. Oh, hold on. Um, the police were not unable to pin the pistols to Dolly due to their were they were very corroded and just like destroyed from being buried in a tar pit. Yep. So, you know, tar will do that, I suppose. Yes, it does. Um. So they were actually forced to release her. Years passed. Years passed. So Shapiro knows this whole story. He knows about Otto. Dolly knows that he knows about Otto. Yeah. They have this thing between them, okay? So, but the police don't know. No one else knows. And it seemed that the mystery of Fred's death would just remain unsolved. I must have missed something. So the cops never found out about Otto. No. Shapiro, the her lawyer lover, knows. That's phenomenal. Okay. Yep. Um, and he just kind of was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Because Otto went off, did his thing. Herman, Shapiro, and Dolly are living, loving each other. Living and loving. They're loving and living. Herman hadn't told anyone about Otto. And Dolly was living the good life with Herman. And that was until Herman and Dolly got in a fight. And broke oh. up in 1930. Oh, you don't want to do that with someone that um, knows about your murder secret. I don't uh, think. Right? Oh no. He and Dolly had a falling out over money. Sounds he about right. He claimed that she had threatened him. Thus, he had drawn up the affidavit that he was turning over to the police, which contained the story that he told, that was he was told by Otto. So. So interesting that all these men were so willing to protect and defend Dolly until they realized that they weren't as important to her as they thought. Oh, boy. Um, I said she really had them all wrapped around her finger when she needed them to be. Yep. So, basically, he tells a story to the police. The police went to investigate the home in L.A., and then had the Milwaukee police investigate the house there in Milwaukee. Okay. Both homes, in fact, did have a secret compartment into the attics. Oh, fun. Otto was arrested at the boarding house where he was working as a janitor on April seventh, 1930, eight years after the murder of Fred. Oh. And Dolly, with her attorney, turned herself in. With her new attorney? New attorney, <laughs> yeah. Dolly was released on $50,000 bail, but Otto was denied bail and went to jail. Oh. Otto was called the Batman, and the <gasps> Ghost in the Garnet. Gar- Garrett. <laughs> the Garrett. Batman. Ghost in the Garrett and the Batman. That's Because great. he lived in Is it that where it. they came up with Batman? Maybe. <laughs> um, Dolly and Otto asked for and received separate trials. Earl Seely Wakeman defended Otto. Wakeman is specialized in defending accused murderers. Otto had confessed to the killing but claimed it happened in a struggle over his guns. Otto pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. What? Wakeman played on the jury's sympathies by saying that his client had been a tool in the hands of a much older, more sophisticated, and dominant woman. I agree with that, but insanity? He was manipulated and kept his... Sure, but... But that's um, back in the day. I get it. Yes, it's different than it yes. is now. In Norman Winsky's Sex and the Criminal Mind, Otto's testimony is recorded. Otto described an average day for him in the house in the years mm. before the murder. Okay. This I'm interested in. Yes. I made up the beds. The couple was by then sleeping in separate bedrooms. And changed the linen about two times a week, he said. They loved to sleep clean, and I made up the bed for them and put away their clothes and dusted Fred's clothes because he had some beautiful things. And I would keep them in order for him and dust them and dust his shoes, you know, so he would always look neat. And then I would wash the dishes if he wasn't home, and if he was home, he would wash them. And Mister and Mrs. Osterreich would dry them because I couldn't then. And I would get the vegetables clean, and they were clean. Everybody praised her how clean her things were. And scrubbed the floors and kept it kept it clean and kept the floors neat and you know she loved to have beautiful floor and dusted it you know, so here's what I heard: I dusted his things and then I fucked his wife basically. You <laughs> and can kill them right. You can tell that Otto took like a lot of pride in doing yeah. a good job of his chores and duties around the house because also like that's what he had. Yeah, like he wanted to do a good job. And what, what a weird life. Right. but also too so so Dolly would like. If she she deemed him not doing a good job and being, like, a good boy, she would withhold sex from him, too. So he wasn't getting paid anything, just sex. No. Interesting you bring that up. So he would start – he was a writer. And, like, as you're getting started in writing, right, like, you don't really get paid. But she would type up his stories for him because he couldn't type up there because of the noise, right? So he would handwrite his stories. She would type them up for him and send them out. And he did start to get paid for his stories. Oh, good. But then she kept the money what a bitch. Right. So there was that. So he was actually starting to get some some things published. Um, what else? There was something else I was just thinking I, that I didn't put in here that I like remembered. Um, so, yeah, he, she would withhold sex. But then he also if he was mad at her, he would like not eat to like punish her because what could he really do? Right. You know what I mean? Like So they had weird ways to, like, withhold things from one another. This is the strangest shit I've ever heard. It's (laughs) so weird. It's so weird. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and then, too, one time when – so Otto wasn't allowed to go by the window in the attic either because, like, what if he was seen? Right. So there was one time that Fred saw him in the window. And Dolly's like, oh, I'll go check it out. I'll go check it out. And, like, Dolly's like, nope, there was no one up there. And she convinced Fred that he's drinking too much, that, you know, he's seen things. So he went and got put on like psychotic drugs. <laughs> and he he did. There is someone. There was someone up there. Poor Fred. Poor Fred. <laughs> and and that He and like there was like leftovers going missing and she was like totally gaslighting him, being like no, you ate all that food when you were drunk the other night. Oh, that's funny. But it was Otto sneaking down when, like, they were out of the house eating the food in the refrigerator. That's great. Yeah. That's just great. So it's just, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and then Otto would also make, um like, bathtub gin and stuff because prohibition times. Bathtub gin. Now, that's bathtub something we gin. haven't done yet. Nope. That's not <laughs> something we have done together. Um. So, yeah, I mean, because Otto, you know would come down out of the attic when they weren't home. That was like his, like, you know. Because it's free time. (laughs) It's free time. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Otto was convicted of manslaughter, but later released July 11th, 1930, because the statute of limitations had expired. Nothing is known about Otto after his life, after his release from custody. So I hope that he went on to, uh, you know, live a nice, happy life going to pause it? I was going to pause. Pause. <laughs> we're pausing. Pause. Sorry, we had to stop for a second there because the dogs were the barking. The dogs started barking. This is what... oh one One more little bark, but this... Oop. Oh, Oop. come more on. Barks. More barks. And we're back again. And we're back again. Sorry. Yeah. So Otto was convicted of manslaughter, like I said, but he was released because the Statue of Limitations had expired. Um, but there was nothing really known about Otto... After he was released from custody. So I hope, listen, he had quite a life. I just uh, hope yeah. that he was able to forget this and kind of went on and, yeah. you know, had some good years, right? Because regardless, like, he was, he was like a teenager when he was like kind of taken by <laughs> Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, like, yeah, no, he was. He was just a What a, a strange child. thing! <laughs> I'm gonna go live in your attic. Yeah. Oh my god. And there, he was asked too, like, why, why didn't you just leave? <laughs> yeah. And he said, the only person that loved me was in that house. oh, which is so, so sad. sad. Right? I mean, Aww. Dolly loved him, and she, and he loved her in a weird way. So he just felt like that's where he belonged. So. Wow. Um, So Dolly pled not guilty, and not guilty by reason of once having been in jeopardy on the same charge. Um, Attorney Jerry Geisler defended Dolly. He was young and little known at the time, but very skilled. Dolly's trial ended in a hung jury, with most of the jurors leaning towards acquittal. And in 1936, um, the indictment against her was finally dropped. Dolly remained in L.A. and found love with a man named Ray B. Hedrick, whom she dated for over 30 years. Before finally marrying him in 1961, less than two weeks before her death, they married because she was sick, yep, and needed someone to leave her fortune to and also make her health decisions, like legally. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm getting married. Yep, <laughs> except I don't have a fortune, so, so I need someone to leave my debt to. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true love. <laughs> She's taking applications. application. Come on, guys. <laughs> so, um. This love triangle did inspire the Shirley MacLaine comedy, The Bliss of Mrs. Blossom, as well as a made-for-TV drama, Man in the Attic, starring Annie Archer and Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I feel like I need to watch Neil these. Patrick Harris was Otto up in the attic. And I can see that because when yeah. you described him, that's kind of where my like mind a, went. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need to go watch the trailer on YouTube, it's great. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, that's so possible. um, yeah, that's a very strange love triangle. That is... One hell of a story. I don't think what I've laughed story. so much during a murder podcast ever. Like I said, it, it's a light murder. Like I feel bad for Fred. Like poor yeah, Fred. Poor Fred. But like it's a light murder, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, the houses today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. About those houses, because right. That's kind of one of the reasons we do this. So, um, today, any traces of the house in Milwaukee have been torn down. No. I was hoping so, it was going to be one of those big ones by the lake. Yeah. Oh, shoot. No, unfortunately, and the manufacturing company has long ago shut its doors. The home the trio shared on what is now South 16th Street has been destroyed. Okay, so that's where the house was, or that yep. was, that's where the fact, okay, that house was on South 16th Street. Yeah. So. I mean, I kind of have a idea of, idea, where. idea of where it is slash the area. Yep. So you might have to go take a um, peek that way. So, because I'm, it's closer to the water, yeah. to the lake. Yeah. Which makes Which sense. Which makes sense. Cause Back then, probably, mm-hmm. too. That's why I was wondering if it was one of those big ones. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the house in L.A. where Fred was murdered was 858 North Andrews. Andrews Boulevard was changed to Lafayette Park Place at some point. And today, the former... Um, house can be found at eight fifty eight North Lafayette Park Place in Silver Lake. Is it Lafayette or Lafayette 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 Lafayette? Lafayette. Is it Lafayette or Lafayette? F A Y E T T E. Well we Fayette. say Lafayette in Wisconsin. I know that's, but that's, that's what but you never know, somebody in California um, correct us. It's F A Y E T T E. Lafayette. Fayette? I don't Lafayette. know. Fayette. Anyways These are our problems. It is. The home is still standing. Good. And well, was last sold about half a year ago for um a little over two million. Oh. And is right around four thousand one hundred and ninety-four square feet. Ooh, okay. Um the last time it was sold before twenty twenty two, the sale was in two thousand and three. So So been a while. um in that square footage does that account for the attic? Yes, it <laughs> does. <laughs> and actually it is now an apartment building. Oh I I hope that he haunts it. That would be so So, cool. (laughs) So here's the listing description for fun. We are pleased to present an 11-unit apartment building located at 858 North Lafayette Park Place in L.A., California. The subject property is situated in a prime Silver Lake location um built in 1915 this property cont- contains a solid unit mix of two two bachelor one bathroom units seven studio one bathroom units and two one bedroom one bath units how do you get 11 apartments out of 4000 square feet i don't know okay small la yeah, right right roof electrical and stairs were updated during the current ownership situated in a prime silver lake Location, this offering presents an excellent opportunity for any investor to capitalize on strong rental upside potential with a unique building right off of Sunset Boulevard. One interesting point, one of the units in at the home is in the attic. Ah, uh, I like that. You could be living in Otto's room. I would just sit in the window and stare out of it. Just watching. Yep. And that is the story of Fred Dolly and Otto, that was a good story molly thank you with dog sparking and all all of it yep okay. so there we go well good job thank you so you all know the the routine follow us on our facebook page home is where the murder is and on our instagram home is where the murder is oh did you know that? It's the same name. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then uh, uh, if you have any cases you want us to do, you can email them to us at homeiswherethemurderis at gmail.com. Oh. And again, uh, be sure to tell your friends. And uh, if you have any realtors that are interested in partner- partnering with us, please send them our way as we would love to send them some cases that they can join us with. Absolutely. Because then we can do other cases besides Wisconsin. Hey, this was LA too, but it had Wisconsin. She, I love a Wisconsin. She's got to defend herself. It's adorable. I do. I do. All right. Well, you guys have an amazing week, and thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.